So today, <laughs> today's going to be a little different than most episodes of Glowing Up. It sure is. Uh, We're yeah. kind of facing an issue head on. Mm-hmm. Probably um, prematurely and unnecessarily. But some would say that like now is the time to face it before you think you need to face it. Okay. I think that. I don't even know what the issue is yet. And I think that. Okay. There's a third voice. We should introduce her. <laughs> Esther, will you please introduce this wonderful person? So today we have enlisted a, I guess you'd call her a couples therapist. She'll tell us better. I know her um, because once she and I aspired to be what some may call famous dancers. <laughs> um, Anais Plaskitz, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Okay. I see individuals and couples. Okay. So it's all kind of part of the practice. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, and we met, not Caroline, but Anais and I met at a uh, Broadway Dance Center dance internship, internship the summer of 2007 in New York City. We hit it off. We both wanted to be famous dancers. And what what it takes it to the next level is that fall, that winter, right around the holiday season, I met Anais in New Jersey at her uncle's condo, and we spent the weekend together exploring the city. And at one point, we went to a diner with her uncle. It was very nice. Um, that's what I remember. I totally blacked out on that part, too. Why really? did we, did we just wanted to reunite and yes. go live our dreams again in the wintertime? We were both because like, we, we were in New York in the summer. We were both like, we have to get back to New York City. Like it's the only answer to all of our problems. And you, I, so Anais is also absolutely stunning, tall, beautiful, blonde. Like has just when you see her in person, she just is like, she's. You're like, oh, she must be a rock cat. Like she just has a presence, and I'll never forget. She taught me that she likes to drink iced coffee even when it's cold out. And I was like, got it. Now I know. <laughs> oh, that's Esther. beautiful. And thank you. Are you still drinking iced coffee when it's cold out? Yes, always, every oh, day. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Esther's but- memory is the best because she's stone cold sober. So she never forgets anything. <laughs> And for the record, I wasn't like drunk during any of this. I just really, it feels like so long ago. It I've was. Been, like 10 different people since then, obviously. Yes. I'm a therapist now. It's, oh yeah, no, this was all in 2007. So that's a long time oh, ago. Wild. Esther it was also Esther. when like, So You Think You Can Dance was like super hot. So it was like that's that, right. that era too. 
that's, of like that's why all the have, original dancers. Yeah. Yes. So being yeah. a famous dancer was actually not a totally unrealistic goal. No. And so anyways, so let's get to why we're here today. And it's not just to know what's in your coffee mug, but I would like to know. I am curious. Oh, it's cold season tea. Okay. Yogi brand. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So Write that down. And okay. So wait, but are you in LA right now? I'm currently in New Orleans. I've been here. I was planning on, I've been here for like a couple months and I was planning on, cause I can work virtually from anywhere as long as my license is in California and my clients are there, which has been kind of cool. I mean, telehealth has been super weird and really hard to adjust to in a lot of ways, but so I've been in New Orleans cause like my best friends are here. And so I have quite a community here. I was oh planning on going back to LA in January, but I'm still here. I'm so That's jealous. Cool. I love New Orleans. It's honestly been so nice to get out for a while. So I missed the big surge in LA and everything too. Oh my God. Just nothing like yeah. a popping back an oyster shooter and like yeah. hitting the streets and just like dancing. <laughs> Not that any really of that's that. happening now. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But it is a beautiful place regardless of what we're going through. So, so the reason Caroline, we're here. Yes, please take it away, Caroline. So Esther and I obviously have what I would call a very lovable dynamic. Um, the love is there. There's no question. I mean, we've been friends for years, but I would say that sometimes what's part of our lovable dynamic is a mutual um, putting down energy. And I don't know how, how else would you phrase that? Like we, yeah, we like light teasing. And I just want to, I want to say something very important is I actually feel like there's, I have several relationships in my life that are like this. And the last one that I think needs any help is the one with Caroline. Like, I literally feel like I have very weird other relationships. And I actually feel like this one is so healthy. So healthy. And there's a lot of praise and a lot of, like, mutual admiration. Like, there's so much good there. But I've been noticing that we've been getting some comments from our fans, who we call the Glomies, that the teasing on the podcast comes off one one fan accused me of being like incessantly rabidly jealous of Esther because I tease her. The comment was so incisive and cutting that my jealousy is coming out and uh, the tea and like stay strong Esther, like Caroline's just like a bitter, jealous bitch. Like, and we've gotten. What is the context of that? Well, it's hard to know exactly what she was talking about. I think we were maybe talking about our schedules and Esther was making a, some kind of comment about how like I do more. I like Caroline. She's like, Car- Esther's like, I'm really busy now, but I always remind myself that Caroline is also really busy and Caroline does more. And I might've teased and said something like, don't you ever forget it? Or like damn straight, something like that, like something so innocuous. But um, like Esther was saying, you know, I think this is a good a time as any to take inventory of where we are, take stock um, get things out in the open and just like make sure we're kind of standing, you know, on solid ground as we go forward as podcast hosts. This is a first for me. Yeah. Well, I actually, yeah, this is a first for us. I've had to do this in other professional situations. <laughs> Esther, has anyone like else contacted you in private? Like, have you gotten any messages from Glomies being like, Caroline is hurting you, stay strong? Not really, no. And I, I honestly get those messages about other shows that I'm a part of. So it's, I, 
feel like I booked on the East on the wrong show, but I'm also eager to see, to look, if this is the, this is what I do consider to be the healthiest relationship that I have Mm -hmm. professionally. So why not even tune it up and make it perfect? So I would love to dive in and figure out that. Okay. So there's no such thing as perfection as we know. And what I was about to say, Oh, Caroline, um, what's working for you, Esther? I mean, how would you describe what's happening now between you two? What's going well? Why is it the healthiest relationship you have? Okay. So I would say that because Caroline and I both have such similar, uh, priorities and desires in life. I feel like we are both on the same page in so many ways where we, we both like prioritize work. We prioritize things being funny. We both just want, I feel like we're both working towards the same goals. Um, I also really respect her. I really think she is one of the funniest people I've ever met. I feel like she and I have the same taste. I also feel like I can say anything to her and not be judged. And, um, she's also really smart and she's such a good resource for me in my life. Like I always feel like, Oh my God, I, I can always ask Caroline advice. Like she just knows Mm -hmm. so much. Like she has this strong like immigrant mentality like I think her mom is is immigrated here from Iran and she was I feel like she was really raised with that energy and such a go-getter and a hustler and I I I just admire that so much and I also feel like we have somewhat similar our parents are a little similar in in different ways or whatever um so I feel like that stuff is really working beautiful Caroline what about you how, how would you identify I feel the strength? Exactly the same way as Esther, that this is one of the most fulfilling, positive relationships in my entire life. I, the same way that Esther feels she can go to meet for advice, like that, that makes me feel amazing because I feel the same way about Esther. Esther is the first person I go to, whether it's career advice, boy advice, like any, almost any kind of advice under the sun. I trust Esther's opinion above everyone else. And there's this interesting dynamic with Esther that I feel sometimes where it's almost like we're both each other's older sister and younger sister. Like, mm-hmm. need, like I don't have a real sister. So sometimes I go to Esther and I'm like, oh my God, like she's my older career sister. I can ask her anything. She's been there. She knows. But also sometimes I feel like I have this mothering energy towards her. And like, I like want to give her advice or help on like what to cook or like, you know, other like sisterly, more like homely, intimate things. So I just like get so much from my relationship with Esther. And like, like she said, I just feel like we both have this strong sense of self-advocacy in this world, which I think is so important and like speaking up for ourselves. And I love that I have a female friend who's just like balls to the wall, ready to do that at all occasions and like knows how to speak up for herself and be pushy. Um, I, I, and I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I feel all the positives for sure. It yeah. seems like there's something else you wanted to say. I would say, I know you haven't asked this yet, but one thing that I wonder if this is what plays into the dynamic that people are picking up on is that, Esther, would you agree with this, that we both have a pretty lo- low sense of self-esteem? Yes, we both. And, and our sense of humor is like we like playing on that like when I think of the hardest times we've ever laughed together it's like us 
laughing backstage at SNL that you're Richard Lewis and that I'm your son or just like, just like making us making fun of ourselves. Defeminization is a very, and desexualization is a very big part of our sense of humor and the teasing. Or like Uh, laughing that 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 table of hot guys across the way would never talk to us and like laughing about how we would go up and, and like, trying to be sexy to them and they would like shoo us away it very much there's a big portion of it that resides in like up absolutely ridiculing each other's looks which I think we're just both such funny low self-esteem people who have like capitalized on the ability to make fun of ourselves that we have such a thick skin and like I can say without beyond a shadow of a doubt that it does not hurt my feelings in any way anything that you say to me like it's I just get such a sense of glee and delight from it but I can see why maybe the audience is sometimes off put by this aggressive uh putting each other's looks sexuality and bodies down (laughs) well it's it's really tough (laughs) of course but it also sounds like neither one of you think that's a problem like you kind of bonded over it okay (laughs) okay same same and I I also would add something that I think I don't know if I've ever articulated this out loud but it's something I've always felt which is I feel like Caroline and I have been really smart and like low-key strategic about not being in having every inch of our lives intertwined but Mm. rather we have this like really strong bond and friendship and like work-wife partnership but I, I I feel like i don't want to be intertwined in her every like I feel like that's how that's like a secret to our success that I would say that I've like actively thought about that she's not a really a codependent person so that's probably comes naturally to her but I am and so I've been like okay this is actually worth the we're at the right level of closeness so yeah. talk more about why you don't want to be so intertwined why it's so important to you because I've been in in uh, professional relationships before where you get too close and you're talking every night, like you FaceTime mm-hmm. all night and all day. And that just has always led to problems. And I like that Caroline and I both have our own completely separate lives, but then we can come together and be like, and really succeed together. Beautiful. It's the perfect balance. It's so true. I feel like I have very strong boundaries and I feel like Esther's picked up and like matched my energy on that in a really great way. But like we can, in a way that I love, like if we need to be codependent for a second or like if I need her to be completely available and like answer a hundred texts or like get on a FaceTime to ask the stupidest, answer the stupidest question. Like I love that she will and can do that. Like I feel like she'll always, you know, barring if she's like super busy with something like drop everything to be there for me. And I feel like pretty much vice versa, like if we need it, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're both very strong together and strong separately. Mm -hmm. So where are the areas for improvement then? Do you think? That's the question I was hoping you would. (laughs) Well, well, give me, Oh, Esther's got, sorry. Okay. I'll volunteer something that I think is one of my faults that I'm bringing, which is, Sometimes I feel like guilty of not doing or not being as successful at some of the prep work for the podcast as Caroline. And I could sometimes lean on that in sort of a, you know, high school group projects like, oh, well, you're better at this anyway. And so I feel like 
that could definitely be something that I do, but that I try to be really self, I do try to be self-aware and like, I try to make up for it, but I definitely know that that's a tendency that I have. How is that to hear Caroline? It's really refreshing and amazing to hear Esther vocalize that. I'm not going to lie to you. Good. I, I, Esther is like the first to admit her, her faults, which is like a really, really amazing quality. Like she's never in denial. And like, she, like, she's totally self-aware in a way that's really refreshing, but sometimes like Esther's, let's say like, will baby herself in a way that's like, you know, it's like a self-protection or something like that. And I'm like more of a capable person and I'm like happy to rise to the challenge. But I will say like my way of coping with that is I just will like force her to do stuff, even if I know she doesn't want to, or she might not have the capacity. I just won't even care. And I'll just be like, you're doing this, do this. And I just don't. Then you kind of go into that maternal role again. Yes, I would say so. Like I would say my tolerance for, I'll like reach my, I'll reach my breaking point if she's not doing work and I'll just make her do something. And I, I, which I'm proud of at least that I'm able to like, in my head, gain some of the balance back by putting stuff on her plate and making her do it. Whether Like demanding it. Yeah. Okay. What is this babying you speak of? that you experience of Esther. Can you give an example? Well, one example that comes to mind is I think it is so funny and endearing, but crazy that Esther does not have a computer and does all of her work on an iPad because there are genuine, there are genuine things that you need to do on a computer. And I'm not even trying to make this like a class thing or like, I'm not trying (laughs) to shame her because she's obviously made it this far in life and God bless. But like, she can't, participate in like Google Docs or like find old emails or like these little things like I think are harder for her to do because she doesn't have a proper computer so it's like oh of course the person that with the computer has to do the work and I'm like but wait like you should just have a computer and you should learn how to do these things and (laughs) Esther what's happening with you right now yeah I I can see how the not having a computer has, has caused some issues. Um, yeah, no, and that, as she's saying it, I am just kind of like, wow. But then I'm yeah. like, does she not know how to use a computer? I'm like, maybe it's unrealistic of me to want her to have a computer because she might genuinely not know how to use a computer. These are real thoughts that go through my head. Well, and this is about the amount of work you take on if she doesn't have a computer, right? Not as much just about her not having a computer. Right. I think that she, it's almost like this coping mechanism that she's evolved to have where she can't help but put the work on other people because she doesn't have the tools at her disposal, but it would be really easy to get those tools. Good. So we're identifying a need here. Mm -hmm. Esther, I just heard you repeat back what Caroline said, which was beautiful. You Mm -hmm. seem fully present, like you're listening. So what is the need then, Caroline? It's not, I mean, we're not asking her to go out and buy a computer right now. Okay. I (laughs) need Esther to pull her weight in the relationship Mm work-wise. I don't want to ask her to go get a computer because I do not know that she has the means or abilities (laughs) to use or buy one. But yes, but I always want Esther to be presently aware of the work that is required in our partnership. 
which I do feel. I'm thinking, okay. And I'm thinking too about the position it puts you in to go into this place where you have to demand that she does something and get it done. Like, can it be preventative? Can we prevent you from getting to that place? Yes. And I do also want to say that I don't think this is so dire because I think that Esther brings so many strengths in other ways, you know, like Esther's the funniest person I know. And like, I always know when we start recording, like she's going to, you know, pull her weight and be so funny and so outgoing and so hilarious and like be the heart and soul of our partnership. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stressed. I'm not pressed. Like Esther pulls her weight in other ways, even if she doesn't have a computer, but it is, (laughs) and it is something I've heard other people in her life bring up too, but I don't want to, I shouldn't go there. Okay. And Esther, how are you feeling right now? I, so I feel, um, I think it was nice that she said that I pull my weight in other ways. And I do want to acknowledge that her quote unquote demanding that I do stuff is always done really like playfully. And like, I never feel bad about it. I just know that when she's like, you're doing this, I'm like, I I know like, okay, I'm doing that. Like I take it and Mm -hmm. I do it. I know that I just, she does it. It never is like a bad thing on my end when she does that, but I can see how maybe we would want to preferably prevent that. Um, Only if you think so. I mean, look, it's clear how much you respect each other. We started out with strengths for that reason. Mm -hmm. If you don't think it's a problem, it doesn't have to be a problem. We're just diving into dynamics now. No, it's something to keep an eye on, but like, yeah. In terms of the computer, I definitely have lately, I I started a, a another job recently where I do feel like it could be useful that I do have a computer. Um, I didn't realize that Zoom is so much more, you can do so much more on Zoom when you're not using it on the iPad. So I'm, I'm thinking like maybe... Maybe that's something I could consider, but I do wonder what would I be able to do once I have said computer that would, that would help things. Maybe. um, Yeah. That's something for you to think about. Do you think that you'd be able to (laughs) pull your weight in more areas of your life? If you had a more advanced computer processing system, that's not for me to answer. And I've, I feel like we've learned to cope without it. Mm-hmm. The computer is more of a symbol, really. A symbol of what would you say, Caroline? Um, Esther's self-coddling and um, sometimes not self-sabotaging, but like setting yourself up for failure or setting yeah. yourself up to have others pull the weight. Right. Setting myself up to not be able to do the things that I should probably be able to do. Right. So does that resonate with you, Esther? Yes, it does. Okay. And is this kind of a pattern in other relationships too? Or is Um, it unique to this one? I would say it's a pattern for sure. Um, Yeah, it's a, it's a pattern. And I also can fall easily into this, like where I'll, I'll select my like few people who I really trust and who I really believe in. And I'll like want, I'll feel so comfortable with their abilities that then I feel like I can do less. 
and don't have to like stress out or like micromanage or make sure everything's okay. So it's almost like, so I think in my head, I'm like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's both a good thing for that. It's also a positive, but that's still not fair to them. But Caroline. Positive in the way that you really trust that person and it feels safe. Yes. Mm -hmm. But like, I do want to emphasize that like Esther does bring the strengths in so many other ways. And it's not all like the hard work of like who's prepping or like who's putting the hours that way. Like Mm -hmm. Esther has other amazing strengths and like, you know, that's as important if that's definitely as important. I have another like potential area I want to bring up. Okay. Um, Esther and I were talking a little bit about boundaries before. And one thing that I feel that I might not, I might, sometimes I feel like maybe I have too many boundaries with Esther and it makes Esther sad. Like I'm not always there to one area is like going on walks together. Esther has been really vocal about wanting to spend time together in person and go on like socially distant, obviously safe walks. And I, like we mentioned before, it's the boundaries, but I'm also like really busy and have all this other stuff going on. And sometimes I feel like Esther gets a little upset because I can't always be there for that. And, and a, I just want to vocalize that. Like, um, I, yeah, I hope Esther doesn't get upset. And I also hope I don't want to take Esther for granted and I want to make sure I am nourishing and putting work into the relationship where it's needed. And I don't want Esther to feel like abandoned or like I'm taking her for granted or I'm not showing up in the ways I need to show up. Esther, can you respond to Caroline and respond directly to her? How it was to hear that and which part of that resonates with you? Um, I appreciate you saying that. I, it's not, yeah, it's nice to hear you say that. Like we both can see that, but I also respect the the boundaries. I respect that you're busy and, um, yeah, it's, it's not like a huge deal where I'm like, oh, I wish you would make time for me. Because I feel like if I did feel that way, I I think I would vocalize it. Like, but I, I guess I do have like a slight insecurity of, do I like Caroline more than she likes me? And do I want to hang out with her more? But I also don't even know if I mean that. Like, that's just one thing. Because because at the same time, Caroline, you're, you are always asking me if I want to come to these dinners that you have or like, you know, you're, you are always including me in things. So I, maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, maybe one thing doesn't make sense, but you are always, whenever you, one thing, like whenever you are telling me about like plans you have, you always offer for me to come with. Now you might know that I'm always going to say no. So maybe it's a safe invite, but I, you do always include me. I do know you're always going to say no, but I do it because I love you and I would love to have you there. And it comes from a place of love and wanting you to feel included. But I think that's really interesting what you just said, Esther, about like having the slight insecurity that 
you like me more than I like you, because sometimes I even have that insecurity. I think this just speaks, mm-hmm. I think, to how much we care about each other. Or we like love each other's friendship, but both have like a bit of a jealous or insecure streak. Because when I see you hanging out with anyone on social media, like a small part of me is like, oh my God, like Esther, like has so many friends, like she doesn't even care about me. Like it's not all the time, but like if I'm in like a low place or I'm particularly self-hating or haven't talked to you in a minute. Like I'm like, oh my God, like I miss Esther. But I think that's, I think that's really sweet in a kind of sad way that we both have some of these insecurities. Esther, how is that to hear? Yeah, that's really nice to hear. I, yeah, I, like one thing about Caroline is I noticed early on in our friendship is she's not like a complainer or a whiner. And if she even like accidentally lets herself complain about something in her life, she'll immediately be like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be like Mm -hmm. putting that on you. And then I always would find myself being like, no, like I want you to share your life with me. Um, And I feel like we we're at a good balance now, but that was something I noticed about her early on. Like maybe, and I don't know if that's just her disposition in life. Like she just doesn't like to complain or she doesn't, want to share that with me because she has a boundary so that I don't know that's just something that came up it also seems to I mean that's come up a little in the session already Caroline right you say something that's coming up for you but then you want to make sure that I know that there's so many strengths Esther has almost like you're taking care of her in a way totally I think I'm a natural um conflict conflict resolver or I have um I've been told off the charts emotional intelligence so I'm sometimes too attuned to other people's mm-hmm. feelings and I'm I'm like too much serving that role of like uh, resolving or taking care of others. Mm-hmm. But no, I feel, yeah, this is just reminding me of like how strong this relationship is. Um, just to step out for a second, I'm really grateful for the haters who encouraged, <laughs> who, uh, who accused us of, accused me of being, you know, I think the word was painfully or pitifully jealous because it's only brought us closer together and made us stronger. Anything else on the note of boundaries that's come up a couple of times and I'm wondering if there's any examples of that or anything, even Esther, for you that you need from Caroline. Caroline's done more of the need assertion here? No, I feel like it's a pretty healthy boundary situation. Um, yeah, I really like, again, I, I really respond well to the boundaries that we have. And I, I really admire, I, I genuinely feel like our level of friendship is something that people should aspire to. Like I, I just, I wish I had, I wish more of my relationships were like this, you know, I, and again, like, I feel guilty saying that because I know that sometimes I, you know, the whole computer issue, like, am I taking advantage of Caroline? Like, I feel bad there, but ultimately it does feel like such a successful relationship. And I feel like like for me, the door is always open to do anything else together. Whereas I feel like maybe she knows like do it, getting into projects with me, it could maybe be like 
more work on her end. So maybe she's a little more closed off to that. Um, but that's just, again, me bringing up like an, an, a possible insecurity. Okay. How does that land with you, Caroline? It's, it's definitely interesting. I think that on a subconscious level, I might sometimes be fearful of like doing other projects with Esther because it might, oh, I have, I, yeah. Okay. That reminds me, I have an insecurity and like, I want to publicly air something right now. Esther and I talked earlier in the pandemic about going into business on something together. And I'm going to be vague about what it is because you never know what still could happen. Mm-hmm. And we really talked about it. We really, it was like in, in the ideation stage, which is the easiest stage. And it was like really fun to talk about. And we started doing some work and on it and like bringing other people into it. And I feel like I maybe talked a bigger game of like wanting to take the project to fruition without realizing that maybe I had too much on my plate at the time. And instead of, instead of maybe it kind of like fizzled out and Esther and I are both busy with a million other things. And I know it's not like the biggest deal in the world, but I wish that I kind of manned up and said like Esther, cause Esther gave me outs too. She'd be like, are you too busy? Like, do you not want to do this? Like I'm, I'm picking up from your actions that maybe you're not capable, but I'm just ever the people, people pleaser, you know, like, Oh, I can do it. You know, don't worry. Like I'm still there. And then I think I even like tried to dump some of it on Esther. Cause I was like too busy and then it just kind of fizzled out naturally. But I just want to say like, I hope that didn't put a sour taste in your mouth, Esther. And I'm sorry that I didn't like man up and say, even when you gave me multiple chances to say it, like I'm too busy for this project right now. I don't think I can handle this. Um, but it was really fun. But like for future projects, whether it's that or if we do something else together, it's like something I'm definitely really open to. But yeah, part of me wonders, I think it's like a timing thing. Like, will you know, when will we both be at the right time in our lives? Like maybe like we'll both have more life experience. Like Esther will have a computer maybe by that point. Like <laughs> I'm like not kidding. <laughs> and then maybe it'll make more sense, you know. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure what the future holds, but I'm like so open to it. And I don't hold Esther's actions against her in any way, if that makes sense. And I'm like totally open to anything the future holds. Esther, I want to give you a chance to respond to that. Yeah, I, I think we're actually on the complete same page with that project, the mystery project. I actually feel exactly the same. Like, oh, we, I think we both thought it was something we could take on other things became bigger on our plates and we both just kind of like put that on the back burner, which felt like the right thing to do for both of us. And so I don't hold any resentment or anything in that world. Cause I also feel like if I wanted to, I could just pin you down and be like, what's going on with blank project. Let's figure this out. But I haven't because I'm in the same position as, as Caroline as you. And so in my mind, I do see a world where that mystery project could occur, but we would just probably now we would know how to go into it, maybe with like a team member that could run point on it. Mm -hmm. Like that to me seems like that's always on the table, something we could do. Totally. Totally. That's a relief to hear. Happy to get that out in the open. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem.
So what do we need from each other moving forward? Mm. We've re- you've opened up communication here really beautifully. Definitely. Um, what do I need from Esther? Uh, a continued like self-awareness and acknowledgement or like willingness to pick up slack in areas where she might, it might not come as naturally to her, but like to show that she's trying always makes the difference. Um, and I always encourage her to keep like holding my feet to the fire and calling me out when I'm do something that's not okay. Or like she needs me to do something differently, like a continued honesty with each other. Like I just value our honesty so much. And that is like, just want to see that continue on. And yeah. Yeah. I, I just have to say, I think it's interesting. Like we've been working together for what maybe close to five years now. And I've never, I can't think of like a serious fight or like a, a moment where I'm like, I hate Caroline. Like I just have never had that feeling with, Mm. with Caroline. So I just feel like that's such a success to me. Mm. And in terms of going forward, I feel like, like you said on the East, like we've opened up like clearly like a, a newer channel of communication and maybe just moving forward, keeping that up and airing out just just knowing that each person is a safe space for the other. And maybe that means like we could help both help each other grow. Like maybe Caroline could say, pull me aside and say, Esther, I really think you need a computer. And here's why I think you need a computer. Like that's something that if she did that, that would actually be not something selfish that would be something that would be really helpful to me so Mm -hmm. just things like that like Mm -hmm. anytime where she maybe doesn't want to tell me maybe she does doesn't want to bother me with something but knowing that like I would love to hear any uh constructive criticism from her at any point and how it impacts her because the computer thing impacts her right yeah again I'm not saying rush out and go buy a computer tomorrow I I get it (laughs) Esther, thank yeah, you. yeah, thank you. I'm, this is why I was saying in the beginning, it's so it's actually a good thing that there's nothing, there's no heightened, escalated conflict right now. We're not in crisis mode. Mm. This is like preventative care. This is mm. what makes your relationship sustainable, not perfect. Let's use sustainable instead of perfect. Just knowing that Esther is open to the possibility of buying a computer <laughs> <laughs> is that's all I really needed to hear. That is curious, Esther. That I don't have one? Yeah. yeah. So We don't have I, to revisit it, but I'm just, I'm still down. Well, maybe as, well, now Anais is going into friend mode. We're go- <laughs> transitioning from therapist to, fr- to MFT to friend. And now we're both I, just. I honestly hadn't thought about it much. I do have a desktop in a storage place somewhere. I probably realistically need to to find get get a decent laptop. I need to just get a laptop. Maybe, maybe this is the sign I needed, um, and maybe that'll help me in all areas of my life. Actually, because hmm. I recently was wondering, am I able to write a script on my iPad and 
Caroline's shaking her head no. Do you have like a keyboard for your iPad? Like what do you? I do. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I do want to reiterate the answer is no, you cannot write a script on an iPad. <laughs> is that true? I don't think you can. No. I was also recently in another work situation where I was having to borrow Dave's laptop. So this is. You can is- still use your iPad as your primary means of computing. Right. But just have the computer. And I'm going to go into build mode again for a minute, though. Sorry to interrupt you, Caroline. No, please. But what actually gets in the way of getting a laptop? Just thinking I didn't need it. Like thinking that okay. I love my iPad so much and I feel We're like- We're really I- attached to the iPad. Yes, I actually have like a- <laughs> Go ahead, Caroline. Oh, I don't want to- This is- We're touching on something here, I think. <laughs> you actually have a what? No, I want to hear from you first, Esther. I actually have a really deep emotional- connection to my iPad uh, because in the beginning of the pandemic, like I was really not doing well for other reasons. Like I was just having a hard time, like homesickness and all that. Mm -hmm. And my iPad like became my only source of like love. Like it was like my connection to like surfing the web about my hometown and like FaceTiming with my friends and family. So in fact, there was one day where it wasn't working and I was like, it was such a heightened, I know everyone gets worked up when their electronics aren't working, but this was like a deep, like I definitely have a creepy, like deep connection with my iPad. Well, Esther also has a term for her time with her iPad. What is it? Tablet time. And yeah, it's, there's something, I think we're touching on something here. Wow. Yeah. And I, but you can still have your tablet time once you get a laptop too. You can have both. Yeah. I am seeing that. And I would, I would love to see you work on strengthening your skills in the realm of laptop computing. And, you know, I would love to see you strengthen some of those alternate computer skills because I don't want to see you become too reliant on the iPad because I'm afraid you're gonna you're gonna put yourself out of the workforce (laughs) (laughs) this is I am so glad this is happening because I did recently start a new job as a writer producer and I am going to have to write a script at some point and I don't like knowing me and my personal tendencies I would just be like well, I guess I just have to figure it out on my iPad or like borrow days. Like I wouldn't just like take the next step and be like, buy a laptop. Like I, there's something would, that would stop me from doing that. So I'm really glad this is like a good wake up call. Like I'm a and professional person. I should have that. But, and I'm really, and maybe we're not going to figure this out right now, but like, what is the thing that actually stops you? I'm not convinced as, as like surface level as we've just kind of touched on. Hmm. Just, to, I, just to think. Yeah. Maybe an insecurity, like I don't deserve any. Caroline, I, 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 I don't want to. I actually don't want to attempt to yeah. explain what I think. Never mind. Okay. We'll never know. <laughs> 
I th- Esther, was it okay that we spent the much, this much time talking about your iPad and this yes. laptop? Okay. Yes, I'm comfortable. I'm with checking in with you. She yeah. loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was very productive. Yeah. I'm so glad. You're so healthy. You can quote me on that. Really? I'll type it in your comments too. There you have it. There really- <laughs> you have it. That's a professional opinion, folks. Wow. Even the way you listen to each other and held space for each other, it's beautiful. Thank you. Anais, thank you so much. And thank you. Will you tell our audience, like, I don't know if you're allowed to like share this, but like where can they find you or like can they see you or you know, visit you? Like, what can, <laughs> they can you say? Find me on a screen somewhere. Um, my website is on com. You'll find information about everything I do there. I also teach sex ed and consult in a variety of ways on fun topics. So you'll okay. find out more there. Um, and I do have a couple openings in my private practice now. Um, so, yeah. Do you have to be located in California to see you? Yes. Okay. California residents only. We'll put your website yeah. in the episode description. Um, Thank you. Thanks so much for doing the work and getting your hands dirty here. Thank you so much. And I want to just also say that with this soon, as soon as I found out that this was what you were doing, I really wanted you to become my couples counselor. But then you told me that we couldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> I said pick. <laughs> so I chose not to, but I, I'm jealous of anyone that can't, that can use you for those services because I really wish I could. Did you ever find someone? We did. Yeah, Good. we did. I'm a big believer in the maintenance for like, we would go, we go like on and off when we feel like, oh, we need to start going and it's changed our lives. It's good for you. Yeah. Oh, that gives me so much hope. Yeah. That's great. This was good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. See you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.